Good morning, baseball fans, and welcome to episode 86 of the Morning Round Trip podcast here on October 3rd, 2020. My name is Drew Frank, and I'm joined again by my co-host, Liam Crothers. Hello and good morning. And unfortunately, today, our top story is off the baseball field, unrelated to the playoff baseball we've been talking about, as unfortunately, baseball great Bob Gibson has passed away after a battle with cancer. Revered all around the game, respected by all, a guy that first battle Hall of Famer, of course, but known for not just pitching the ball, but having an absolute presence on the mound, a great personality for the game, and someone that stayed involved even after retiring. A quote from Yadier Molina, just to kind of speak to the context of it, is he says, Bob was funny, smart, he brought a lot of energy. When he talked, you listened. It was good to have him around every year. We lose a game, we lose a series, but the tough thing is we lost one great man. And I think that's what exemplifies it for me. Yadier Molina, a guy who's been around the league for a long time and he's seen a lot of players come and go. Bob Gibson, though, was different because not only did he have the prowess and the skill and the competitive fire, but he was also a good person. Baseball isn't just losing a Cy Young winner, an MVP, a first ballot Hall of Famer. It's not all about that. You need to think about the personality. You need to think about the leadership and the mentor that Bob Gibson was. And I mean, hey, he was a battler through and through. Uh, I mean, he was never going to take himself out of a game. He was going to try to pitch every single inning, regardless of if that meant the game was going into extras. He wanted to be that guy and he wanted to be a mentor for the St. Louis Cardinals and continue to do that up until the end of his life. So it's an unfortunate passing for sure in the baseball world. Definitely going to be mourning one of the best players probably that we've seen in a long, long time. And there's a Dusty Baker quote about Bob Gibson back from his playing days. He said when he was about to face him, Hank Aaron, his teammate, advised him, don't dig in against Bob Gibson. He'll knock you down. He'd knock down his own grandmother if she dared to challenge him. Don't stare at him. Don't smile at him. Don't talk to him. He doesn't like it. If you happen to hit a home run, don't run too slow. Don't run too fast. If you want to celebrate, get in the tunnel first. And if he hits you, don't charge the mound because he's a gold glove boxer. Just uh, the presence he created so different and allowed him to just dominate. He was the second pitcher ever to reach 3,000 strikeouts, multiple seasons with over 300 innings pitched, finished with a 2.91 ERA, won a couple World Series, won MVP in both of those World Series, two Cy Youngs, the 1986 MVP award, nine gold gloves, the list goes on. His best season was 1968, where he won that MVP. He pitched 304 and two-thirds innings with a 112 ERA. That's the lowest in all of modern baseball. And if you look at the era-adjusted numbers, that's a top 10 all-time performance. Just an insane player and a big loss to the MLB community. But in terms of the other off-the-field news, we did see that the Padres and the Marlins both will be advancing to the respective ALDS matchups. And before we get into the games, a quick injury update. Mike Levenger is progressing, and he said he was feeling, quote, great. Looks increasingly likely that he will be available for the Padres in the NLDS. 
Tingler said it's a possibility that they would have not one but both of them as both Lamette and Clevenger threw on flat ground yesterday. Obviously, there's a lot more progress needs to be done to be playoff ready against a talented, deep lineup like the Dodgers, but positive news at the very least. Yeah, and I mean, hey, we've seen that the San Diego Padres bullpen doesn't really mind however many innings they have to fill in, but having Clevenger for a three or four inning outing or Lamette, the same case, I'm sure it's something that the Padres would welcome, especially against the Los Angeles Dodgers, who have a plethora of offensive weapons. Well, and for me, it's just the fact that there's no days off. I mean, five days in a row, five games, you can't go the nine relievers every night when you're doing that. So I I think it'll be interesting. Obviously, you'll have Pavic and you'll have Davies, but if you can get Clevenger and Lamette to at least even start one game each, not even trying to get them in the first half of the series, if they could even be there like a game three, four, or a game five, I mean, that would go a long way. But we'll, we'll get to the Padres. We'll get to that shortly. Final note from news. Detroit Tigers said, and I think this is interesting because I, I wonder where most teams lie on this. They said that they wouldn't shy away from hiring Alex Cora or AJ Hinch just because of the sign stealing. The GM, Al Avila, said, quote, The cheating scandal is not a good thing, obviously. They're serving their suspensions, and once their suspensions are over, they'll be free to pursue their careers. So we have not eliminated anybody from our list at this point. We saw them lose Ron Gardenhire to retirement earlier on. They do need a manager, but I think it's kind of interesting that they're just going out and saying that they're willing to look past such a major suspension. Well, as a man who once traded his own son, I don't think Al Avila really cares much for how people feel. Uh, (laughs) Definitely more of a baseball guy than an emotions guy. And it's obvious with this statement that he cares more about the product on field than he does about how people would feel about a move, uh, maybe in the clubhouse or even in the stands. So just interesting to see that he came out and said this so bluntly. Uh, I guess we'll see how they decide to move forward with their managerial situation, but Yeah, I don't think he cares much for how people would end up feeling about this decision. Yeah, and I mean, we'll see because the Red Sox are in the market for a new manager and there will be a few other vacancies looking at some of the playoff performances we've seen, I'm sure. So I think that'll be really interesting to follow. Now, talking baseball. We saw Game 2 go of the Marlins and Cubs series yesterday as Miami takes this one to the nothing. They win both games. They take out the division-winning Chicago Cubs in the first series. Miami will move on to face Atlanta, now playing in Houston, and that's going to be an interesting series. This game was low scoring. It was quiet. Again, only two runs scored in the seventh inning, scoreless before that. Garrett Cooper left the yard with a solo shot with two away after Darvish nearly got out of the inning. Later on, Magnuris Sierra would add on another one for insurance, and that was it. I mean, Sixto Sanchez starts us out with five shutout innings. The Cubs can't touch the bullpen, and their season comes to an end. Hugh Darvish puts together six and two-thirds. A quality start only allows two earned runs to come across. And those came via the two-run home run from Garrett Cooper. Um, This Chicago Cubs offense just couldn't produce anything. And we talked about the Cincinnati Reds in that series against the Atlanta Braves. They weren't much better. The Cubs mustered one run in game one. And in this game, they don't push anything across, not only against Sixto Sanchez, but also against the bullpen. I mean, 
what else can you really say? Their offensive producers have just not produced, and whether that be this season or in the postseason, uh, it's evident in the numbers. Chris Bryant, Javier Baez, Anthony Rizzo, since the 2016 postseason, haven't really gotten up to much. They're hitting below 200 as a trio, and they're striking out a ton, not producing a ton of runs. And I mean, Javier Baez can say that he hasn't seen the film and, you know, things have changed for him on the season, but that's the case for everybody. You need to adapt to the way that the game is being played. And obviously, if he can't do that, he's going to have some tough questions to answer. And speaking of tough questions, man, the Chicago Cubs team is going to have to figure out a ton of moves because this offseason is going to be an interesting one with all of the contracts that they have coming up. And they need to decide whether their window has officially shut and if they want to move on and begin the rebuild. And those three guys you mentioned, Bryant, Baez, and Rizzo, going to be major pieces in that question. Are, are you going to try and extend them? Are you able to letting, Are you open to letting them walk? Where do you go from there? The numbers that you mentioned, since the World Series, they're just 19 for 140 in the postseason. That's not going to get it done. The middle of the order, unable to produce. And that's the problem with the best of three series. I mean, you have no time to warm up. You either have it right out of the gate or your season comes to a quick end. So we see a central team eliminated there, but they weren't the only ones as the Cardinals also shut out yesterday as San Diego beats them 4-0 on the West Coast to advance. San Diego will now play against the Dodgers in Texas. And for St. Louis, I mean, you get a good start from Flaherty, who throws you 110 pitches, goes six innings with just one earned run allowed. You see all sorts of different pitchers on the other side as the Padres throw out nine different arms, but none of those different looks from the pens were what the Cardinals needed to hit off of, and they just didn't really get much going. And Flaherty left it all on the mound last night for the St. Louis Cardinals. No one can question his performance. Six innings, six hits against, just one run played it against him. Two walks to eight strikeouts, and like you said, 110 innings pitched. It was a very different game for the San Diego Padres as they used nine different guys on the mound. And that's a record in a couple of senses. First, San Diego's the first team to pitch a nine-inning shutout with nine different guys. Nine pitchers is the most in a nine-inning shutout in recorded history in either the regular season or the postseason. And San Diego's the first team in postseason history to use nine pitchers in a nine-inning game twice in the same postseason. This bullpen has been taxed, and we know that that's because of Clevenger and Lamette not being available for you in the wildcard series, but things might end up changing in the divisional series as they might get those guys back. A really valiant effort from the Padres' bullpen to do what they did in this wildcard series, and I mean... San Diego, once things clicked offensively, you could tell that they were in a different groove. You could tell that they were going to be able to produce runs. And apart from that first game, man, I thought the offense looked very, very strong. And like I said before, this bullpen, very impressive. And the two days off before starting the DS is definitely going to help them. They travel to Texas and a little bit of rest for them. We saw, as you mentioned, a whole slew of relievers, but they weren't just making appearances. They were extremely effective. They just shut down the Cardinals. I mean, you look after the sixth inning, seventh, eighth, and ninth, they didn't have a single base hit. And it wasn't like they started out slow either. To complete the shutout, it was lights out all game long. 
A couple of big performances at the plate. We saw Jake Cronenworth go three for four with a home run. And, I mean, if you get the shutout, the home run's all you need. So, nice performance from the Padres. They move on. I, I like to see a little bit of variety that we're getting as we see some new teams make playoffs, making some runs here. But I, I'm interested to see where it goes because Atlanta is a team that has been around for a while. And they'll be going up against the Marlins. And the Dodgers as well, a team that have been all around the postseason picture over the past few years, but haven't quite gotten it done. So we'll see. It's going to be East versus East. It's going to be West versus West in both the AL and the NL. And it's the first time since 2010 that there hasn't been an NL Central team in the NLCS. That surprises me. But when you look at the quality of the teams there, we did see four make the postseason. It's, it's just none of them were able to get it done. And the Central Division as a whole, probably going to be shaking their heads as they had seven combined teams make the postseason and none of them were able to make it past the wild card round. I mean, a weird, weird year with some teams that probably didn't deserve to be in the postseason. I mean, the Milwaukee Brewers were sub 500 and they were bounced promptly by the Los Angeles Dodgers. But I mean, like a team like the Cubs, we had mentioned they won the divisional crown. I and mean, it's a team that you'd expect to at least make it past the wild card round, but evidently not. 2020 is a weird year and just we got to keep on moving. And it's interesting, I mean, how you perceive the term division series because interestingly there's two divisions that won't even be represented but also there are four matchups in the division series and all four of them are divisional rivals going head to head so that's kind of neat something that I mean of course you wouldn't be able to see in a standard postseason setup so a little bit different but everything is just a little bit different in 2020 so far. Well, that's it for our time today. There are no baseball games on today. There are no baseball games on tomorrow. They take a couple days off as every team has to fly to their respective sites for the next series. And we'll still be back here. We'll preview the next series. We'll preview any matchups and give you updates on injuries, potentially a managerial hire, anything that happens to break. We will be here for it. So thank you for listening today. You can find our show on Twitter at Trip Morning. You can find us on Instagram at Morning Round Trip. And for Drew Frank and Liam Carruthers, have a great day, everyone.